What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I have an amazing interview with one of our Seven Figure Runway members. He's someone who has seen some recent success, but it took a few months to get there. Um, if you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling down, you're feeling like you've been at it for a couple months, but you're just like, it's not working for you, this is a great show for you to listen to because um, my guest today had some incredible advice for you and to just keep going. And so I don't want to steal his thunder, but it was a great conversation. And we talked about uh, Flip Hacking Live. We talked about his kids, his family, his success, uh, texting, all, all kinds of stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. His name's Colby Vallejo. He's in Missouri and I really enjoyed this. Stay tuned. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, I got a really exciting show for you guys today. We have one of our Seven Figure Runway members on who's gonna talk about some of the deals that he's been getting and finding and uh, the story of getting started, uh, finding a couple deals and just basically telling his success journey and potentially some of the things that were holding him back. And what I want you guys to get from this is um, you might be in that same situation. You might have not have the exact same life, you know, and not have the exact same jobs. Uh, you might not have things like that, but there's something in here that each of you can glean from this. It's yourself or, or even, even maybe a tip if you're further advanced, something that he's doing that you can learn from. So I know that I can learn from everybody and every time I bring somebody on the show, it's really magical for me because I get, I get to, I get to listen to this multiple times and I get to learn something from everybody that comes on. So I'm excited to interview our guest today. I don't know him insanely well, but I've seen him at our events at Flip Hacking Live and at our event here in Nashville. And I've seen him with his family, which is really cool. And so I wanted to bring him on because he's seen some, some success recently and I just wanted to kind of hear about it. So uh, I'm going to learn along with you guys a little bit more about my guest today, Colby Vallejo. Colby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bill. It's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Oh, man. I'm excited for this. And you even drove to my friend David Prey's studio to uh, have a really nice setup. So, so that uh, I wasn't really cool. on the cell phone. <laughs> yeah. David is a, a great guy. He's a good friend of mine um, in uh, in Missouri. So you're, guys, you're in Missouri, too. And yes, uh, I heard that I heard that he was going over to you're going over to his studio and I got the time to I got the opportunity to see him for a minute or so. So nice. uh, if you guys don't know who David is, military <laughs> to millionaire, a really great guy, a now retired Marine. Um, and he spoke at Flip Hacking Live two years ago. So if you guys were there, you know who I'm talking about. He talked about how to leave a full time job. We actually had a guy come up and uh, quit his job right after that from Apple. So it was really exciting. Um, all right. More about you now, Colby. Uh, Tell us, tell the people listening a little bit about you and, um, and we'll go from there. Okay. So, uh, I'm originally a Miami, Florida native. Uh, I now live in Springfield, Missouri. I've been here for quite a while, probably 17 years or so, 18 years. And, uh, me and my beautiful wife, Kristen live here with our six children. And, uh, it's every day is a circus, but we just felt like we had really been called to, do this real estate investing thing and we had no idea what we were doing and so we jumped in and struggled through it for a little while and then joined seven figure and things have just really escalated quickly from there nice okay you have six kids let's talk about yes, that sir. for a second um yeah. what are their what are their age range and what was the decision from like having one then two then three then like keep going 
after that. So, so everybody asks me, how many kids do you want to have? I say three. And then they say, how many do you have? And I say six. And they're like, what? And I'm like, it's not me. It's God. I don't know. The, uh, <laughs> the oldest is 12 and the baby just turned one like a month ago. So they're basically two years apart all the way from 12 to one. Wow. And you brought one of them to our event in, I did. Uh, in Nashville. How old I is he? I brought, I brought Cruz. He just turned nine. Cruz. He's like the coolest kid ever. Awesome <laughs> name. Uh, so he's not, so he's nine. And then his, so he's the, is he the second oldest? He's the second oldest. My, my daughter Kyra is 12. Okay. So he was an, an insanely well-behaved, um, <laughs> no iPad, no phone, paying attention in the entire event. Like, yeah. honestly, seriously, I cannot believe it. My son is eight years old, almost going to turn nine. So I, I know talking to you at that event, I just looked at you and said, hey, like, it, the, I'm really proud of you and your wife <laughs> for raising that boy the way that you yeah. have. And, and so how do you do that? Give me, how do you do that? How do you do that? So I, I, I don't do that, okay? So my job is to help financially support the family and provide for them. That's the burden that I put on myself. Um, my wife actually homeschools all of our children, so her job is way harder than my job. And um, But we just try to teach all the kids um, to have, have the purpose in life besides just do things for yourself, making a lot of money. You know, it's having a goal, finding that, and then pressing on towards, uh, whatever that looks like for you. And every, every one of our kids, of course, is going to have a different ambition, but Cruz said he thought he wanted to maybe get into this real estate thing. And so I was like, man, I'll take you on a meeting. And if you want to go, that's great, but you're not going to sit there and mess around. You're going to pay attention and take notes. So that's, well, that's what he did. He was, he was amped up, man. He loved it. Okay. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a couple more questions here because I think it's really important. I think a lot of people struggle with this parents specifically yeah. about okay. their kids being on devices and things like that. So do you guys have TVs and phones and iPads and things like that in the house? We have a television. Um, it's limited, limited time access. Like it's not just on all the time. Uh, we don't really have internet, which makes that a little easier. Cause like satellite t- or uh, antenna TV is not very great anyway, you know, um, but no tablets. None of the children have phones. Me and my wife have phones, but any, anytime they're on a device, it's typically for school. It's, it's typically for learning stuff. So it's not just hang out and watch YouTube videos or whatever. So. And so they're, they're kind of going out and playing with their friends and going outside and, and do they play sports. What does that look like? Yeah, we, we, we live out in the country right now. We're in a little rental house that was an in-between house, like when we go to our new house. Um, and it's on five acres. So they have kayaks and dirt bikes and that kind of stuff. They're, they're outside kids. And because there's so many of them, they don't, we don't have like little other little kids that are close, but there's so many kids that they all just play with each other. It's all good, you know? Nice. What about, uh, what about church and religion and stuff like that? Is that in the home? Uh, you mentioned that God is, yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge thing for us. And that's where they get probably a lot of their, you know, friends that we hang out with are always church people. So they come over and, uh, we're kind of that family. That's if the church doors are open, we're pretty much, we try to be there every time we can. And, uh, that's a big, that's a big part of our life. And that's, that's really been, I think, a, a push to, the success of this business up to this point. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm putting the work in and I'm hustling to do what I know needs to be done and what my mentors have instructed me to do. But you know, we kind of, every time we have an opportunity for a deal, I'm like, God, if this is the deal for us, make it happen. If it's not make it fall through, catch on fire where there's no way that we could be confused if this was for us or not, you know? And uh, so that's, that's kind of how we, how we handle all the deals that we come across. 
So you're praying that bad houses catch on fire before you buy them? I'm praying that I don't buy them if I'm not supposed to. Not misfortune okay, on okay. anybody else. Don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> got it. Got it. I'm just joking. Hopefully, I'm sure everybody listening knows I have a bit of a sense of humor. All right. Um, so, well, first of all, thanks for sharing that. I think it was really um, just in, in going back, talking to you about Cruz and remembering just his demeanor and the way that he was present at the event was something that I've, it's rare for me to see that we have kids come to our event. Um, Yuri Berman's kids, I see them the same way. Uh, Very, uh, very disciplined, uh, just amazing children showing up, playing all out. It was really cool to see uh, that versus honestly, like to be perfectly honest, my son um, came and um, came to the event, the end of Flip Hacking Live uh, day three, and he just, he gets antsy and he's kind of bored. And so I'm actually asking you that um, because I want to learn, like I really do. We bought the farm behind our house. We have 13 acres now right. and we put produce and animals back there. And like, once I can, if I break them away from their devices, he's out there playing and I don't have like video game consoles at the house. We, we actually uh, go to an arcade. And so I have yeah. to go there, drive there, go spend two hours. It costs way more than just buying the video game console, <laughs> but it allows me to actually go there, play and then come home and, and I actually go and play with him. And we go like once a week. So yeah. um, there's some, some ways we'll that I've tried our, to do it, but I, I got a lot of work to do still. Well, maybe we'll do like one of those plane ride things that you do with people. And we'll do instead of real estate stuff, we'll do like some kid stuff. And we'll talk about that in the plane. That would be awesome. Okay. So you're working your way in. I love it. We'll start with the podcast and we'll do the aerial podcast. The really expensive awesome. one. Um, all right. Let's talk about real estate. You mentioned um, you were trying to do the real estate thing. You said like your quote was something like we were trying the real estate thing, or we're dabbling in it. Maybe you did some deals before you joined seven figure, but then you said you've seen some more success. So what was, let's talk about it before flip hacking live. And before you kind of came into our world, what were you doing? Did you have success? And what did that look like? Okay. So before we joined the seven figure family, we were part of a local RIA, which seven figure definitely encourages. Um, and we had talked to some people about trying to find a direction. We didn't know exactly what that was going to be, whether it was going to be wholesale flipping, buying holes, short term. We didn't know. Um, me and my wife just felt like this is something that had been we had been being called to do for a while. And we were always on opposite pages. You know, she would be like, maybe we should get some rent houses. And I'd be like, no, not now. And then I would say it, and she'd be like, no, not now. And so, like, finally, one day we came to the together and we both like said it the same day. And we're like, oh, man, maybe we should do this, you know. And uh, so we actually had the pleasure of meeting Jason and Jennifer Ross at our local meeting. And um, we had had some friends tell us, maybe you guys should go check out Flip Hacking Live. And so we did that. And before we went to Flip Hacking Live, we we were just like our compass was just spinning. Like we didn't have a, a clear direction. We just knew we wanted to do like the real estate thing, but we didn't even know really what that was. We just, you know, find deals, make money. Everybody always says, I'm looking for a deal, you know, but we didn't even know what a deal was. And, uh, so we joined at flip hacking live. And after that, we got on the coaching calls and we talked to the small group accountability people and they really helped us get focused in on like, okay, what are you trying to do? You can't do everything at one time do one thing. Let's focus really on that. What can we help you set goals to do? And then once we had an actual vision and we had a clear path, we could start macheting our way down that path and really go the way we wanted to go. We thought so. So what, um, like before the event and you said spinning compass, what do you think is the reason for that? Cause I hear a lot of people, same, same story, right? I've wanted to do real estate for a long time. I tried it. I, I just, I can't, I couldn't figure it out. And then they, they have like a path or a roadmap 
And so like the stuff that we try to lay out for people and I, look, I was the exact same way. I know exactly how you feel, but why, yeah. why is that? Do you think? Honestly, I think it was just a lack of clear cut direction. Like we, we knew what we thought we wanted to do, but we didn't know how to get like, you know, we knew we wanted to buy a house and make money, but we're like, how do we find the house? And then like, how do we market? Like we didn't have all the tools in our belt that we needed to make that happen. We had the idea. We just didn't have a blueprint. And so when we joined seven figure, I mean, you guys, you guys have it all. I mean, you have the whole blueprint, you have everything we need, the papers, the documents, the coaches, the everything's there. And so once we were able to like sit down and actually flip through all that material and watch videos and learn, uh, that's really what got us focused in on and the ability to talk to so many other investors um, that have experience too. that say, this is what we did and it didn't work. So you might try this. And it's just a really great community that gives you a lot of not uh, TikTok um, suggestions, you know, actual stuff. So yeah. Easy decision for you guys being at the event and deciding to jump in and join us. <clears throat> No, not, ex not exactly. That was, it was a big financial obligation for us. Um, but we felt like, and I mean, you said it on stage and we felt like it was a hundred percent accurate when you say money by speed, you know, and it's like, do we want to wander around with a spinning compass for three, four years and never get a deal? Or do we want to just bite the bullet and see if we can make this work? Cause if that's what we feel like we're being called to do, I feel like it's, um, wasteful to not try to do it to our full potential so it was we sat down like after you guys had the on stage meeting we sat down and we just kind of like stared at each other and we're like well what do you think and I'm, she's like i don't i don't know what do you think <laughs> so we're like she goes my wife Kristen. she goes let's just do it if we're going to do it we need to go all in and make sure that we're doing it the right way so let's just do it so that's what we did and it was with a little bit of reluctance because it is an obligation and i do have a big family and uh, I'm the only income provider for the house. So it was, it was definitely a decision that affected us. Like we need to make this work, you know? Yeah. Kids ramen noodles and water every day until <laughs> yeah. daddy gets a big deal. So right. what, um, so, okay. After that, uh, you said you came out of there and you kind of got the blueprint, jumped, plugged into some of the things. What was, what was it like? Like, did you immediately see success? Was it easy? Like is what did you use? What were some of the tools? Like kind of, what is, what is that story? What is that like? Okay. So immediate success to answer that question is no, <laughs> I would, I would have loved her for it to have been like that, but we joined in, uh, flip packing was in October, I believe. Is yep, that correct? October. Okay. So we joined in October and, um, started running through some of the videos and the models there and trying to get the direction we wanted to go lined out and then we we figured out that maybe we needed to begin with wholesaling that was a common denominator between most of the people that we talked to they said when we first started we did wholesaling because it doesn't take a lot of capital up front so it made sense to me to pursue that um i'm uh, anybody who knows me very well knows i'm a good talker so acquisitions was kind of what i thought would be a good fit for me so it just kind of made sense and um once we determined that that's what we wanted to try to do, ran through those modules and everybody was like, you know, direct mail, get it out there, get a list, do all this. And so we started again, our budget was small, especially compared to some of the people that are in our group. And um, so we were trying to do as much as we could without putting too much stress on our family. Define small. What's, what's the small budget? Okay. So we were trying to keep it, 
within a thousand to fifteen hundred a month. Like okay. I'm in, and ideally half of that would have been even better. We were trying to go as small as we could, but still not feeling like we're wasting our time. Like I don't want to flush 700 bucks down the toilet. If a thousand would have got me a deal, you know? Yeah. And so that was kind of how we were looking at that. Um, and then we, that was in October that we started all that. And we went all the way to, I think it was the beginning of or the end of January and we're, we're not, seeing the results we wanted, not because we didn't have the information. It was just, sometimes it takes a little time, you know? And so we started to get a little defeated and a little like, man, maybe, maybe this wasn't what we were supposed to do. Maybe we, maybe we read the wrong post-it note from God and it was for somebody else kind of thing, you know? And, uh, so we, me and my wife, we sat down on our bed one night, all the kids were asleep and we sat down on the bed and we're like face to face, like super serious. And she goes, we're spending a lot of money. She goes, how much longer are you planning on doing this? And I was like, well, my, my good answer was of course, until we make a lot more money. But <laughs> realistically, I was like, I don't want to say till we run out. So, um, we sat there and we said, okay, this is what we'll do. We will, we will stay all in until the end of tax season. If we haven't got at least one deal before the time tax returns come back, we're just going to have to, as much as we hate it, we're just going to have to pull the plug and we're just going to have to move on and assume that maybe this wasn't a great fit for our lifestyle. And uh, <laughs> so we're like really bummed about the conversation we had. And then it wasn't, I mean, in our small group at the time, I was telling everybody that um, the mailers, I hadn't been having a lot of luck with them. And I was kind of just, man, I don't know what else to do. And one of the guys, Juan, which, you know, Juan, he was at Flip Hacking also and stuff. Yeah. Juan said, maybe you should try texting. And I'm like, what? Texting? He's like, I'm just saying I've had some luck and I know some other people have. So we started texting and dialed back the mailers and started texting more. And within like a week and a half, I started getting replies. And within another week, I I got a deal, and I I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So it was just one of those things. Like the guy was like, "Yeah, we actually want to sell the house," and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Babe, look what he just said. He wants to sell the house." <laughs> so it was it was it was pretty exciting. It was it was really really exciting for us. Okay, so before we go into there, what I what I noticed is Flip Hacking Live's in October. Yeah. You guys are sitting on the edge of the bed in January. Yeah. And having a serious conversation. So yeah. um, this is pretty typical. You you're you come out of an event like that really ramped up, like you're oh, yeah. jacked, right? And you're like, This yeah, is it. Sure. Like, we're gonna make a ton of money, millions <laughs> of dollars in our future. <laughs> I'm gonna be a millionaire in six months. And yeah. um if, if they can do it, I can do it. And you come out of yeah. there and then you go back to real life, right? You go back to the ordinary right. world and you start putting out marketing and you start putting out marketing. And what happens is it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And we just get chipped away at to the point where you're sitting on the edge of the bed in January and you could have easily pulled the plug right then where most people do. Most people do. Most people right then. It takes it's about a 90 day cycle. That's yeah. when we need to get Jack back up again. And, um, and it's interesting. I think our event was in February. It's the beginning of February. So you hadn't reached that first event yet. And so I see a lot of times people don't come to that first event. Right. They, they're in October and they're like, Hey, you know what? It's not really working for me. I can't afford to come to this event. 
And like we got, we have to keep getting those motivational increases and keep going because you're, you're, you're like inches from gold, just like happened a week and a half later after sending some text messages, boom, we, we get some opportunities, we get some leads. Now we're starting to see some progress. Like we have to see some progress and movement and momentum. And that's what the accountability groups do. That's yeah. what some of the coaching sessions do. But really the best thing that can happen is that first deal. You get yeah, that absolutely. first deal, it's a total game changer. So let's talk about that. But if anybody's listening, I want to tell you, like, it took me four and a half months to get my first deal. It sounds like it's right around the same time for you. Yeah, it was really close. Yeah. And most people quit around month two, month three, sometimes month one. Like, it's, yeah. it just doesn't work. Got the wrong post-it note, like you said. Yeah. And, and they just, just stop. They just right. quit. And it's like... Oh my gosh! It's like it's, it could be it could have been right there, right there. And and honestly, that first deal can change everything for you. It changed everything yeah. for me. I mean, I was on the verge of same thing. Like uh, I gave, I, I said six months, six yeah. months, and you guys are pretty much the same. Yeah. End of tax season. Um, I, I told my wife, I said, you know, six months, and f- it's a good thing I did because if I said three, I wouldn't be doing the show. We'd be talking right now. We wouldn't have flip packing live. We wouldn't be doing all the things that we do. Right. And so. Um, total game changer to keep going. And so if, if you're kind of in the gutter right now, in the crapper, uh, it's been a couple months and you're not seeing a lot of traction, um, like re- reassess, take a look at it, um, lean on your people, lean on your tribe, just like Colby did. And uh, maybe there's a wand in there somewhere for you that can say, hey, maybe just try this. And, and just like they did, they didn't say, oh, that won't work for me. Um, they said, okay, well, hey, let's, let's intentionally shift our strategy a little bit and see what happens. And then we'll measure that. And okay, cool. So we got the first deal. Um, what happened with that? You make a million bucks? So no, no. So I messaged the guy. He tells me, "Hey, you need to call David." And I'm like, "Who's David? I'm talking to you. You're the property owner, you know." He said, "He's the business, the business guy." I'm like, "Okay." So I call him, and he says, "Yeah, we we actually would love to sell the property. We want to sell all the properties." And I'm like all the properties, all the properties. He said, well, we have some on the MLS and we have three that are off market right now. I said, well, would you care to send me the three that are off market? He said, no, absolutely. So they, they had been sitting vacant. His dad was going to have them, um, for tax purposes, whatever. And they bought the houses and just never did anything with them. And, um, so I went and looked at the properties and they were what you expect to see as a wholesaler. I mean, they were rough. Uh, holes in the floor and ceiling. I mean, they were rough. And uh, so Jason uh, Ross was kind enough to go with me and kind of hold my hand through that process and make sure that my numbers were good and they were comparable to what his numbers would have looked like. And uh, so we went and checked them out and came up with an offer. And I messaged the people back and I said, hey, this is kind of where we think we need to be on the properties. You know, just let me let me know. And I honestly, I was, I was ready for the rebuttal. Like I had all my, like, when they say this, I'm going to say that. And this is why it's not worth that, you know, and all this. And, uh, so we came in like half of what the guy said was basically what he thought he wanted, you know? And, uh, I get a phone call like 40 minutes later and he's like, Hey, this is David. Uh, we'd like to go ahead and accept all three offers. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I like cover the phone and I'm like screaming at my wife. I'm like, they, they took the offers, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, the kids, they freaked out. They all started running around the house, flipping out. And, uh, we, it, it ended up being a great deal that 
we helped that family out. They were, the, the, the properties were costing them a lot of money to sit. And the son was, David was the son. And he told us, he's like, man, these things are money pits. They've been costing my dad a lot of money for a long time. And he's like, I am thrilled to death to get rid of them. So it, it was a blessing for him and a huge blessing for us because it boosted us up and really got the ball rolling for our big family and our little business. So hopefully it'll be a big family and a big business one day. I love it. So you guys, have you closed the deals? They're those, closed? Those so you made some money. Closed. Yes, sir. And what'd you do? Wholesale them? We wholesaled all three of them. Yes, sir. Okay. To Jason Ross or somebody else? No, no. Jason actually gave us a buyer, but we, we had some other buyers that we had, you know, from the seven figure people, they told us build the buyers list, find people in your market. And so we had already done that. So when we got the deals, uh, the contract signed, we were already prepared to take our deals to buyers. And, uh, we, I think we bought them on, uh, we signed the contracts on a Thursday to purchase them. And I had all three of them signed contracts to buy, uh, the following Tuesday. So less than a week, we had all three, all three of the properties signed over. Wow. That's awesome. So, so, um, did you, so you had all three properties. Did you, did you wholesale them individually or did you wholesale them together? We, we wholesale them individually. Okay. We sold, we sold them to the different buyers. Got it. Nice. So that's, that's a, a good way to do it. Uh, anytime, if somebody's listening, sometimes we do like package deals with uh, landlords a lot of times and they'd want to sell like all five together, but I would make sure that I got them on individual contracts and that I, I was able to adjust like, Hey, it, what if I just buy these three or what if I, you know, yeah. th these two don't work out after I do an inspection or this one doesn't, I want to be able to carve it out. And uh, just I've had some issues and problems with that in the future. So I try to get them all on individual contracts and make sure that, that like, I would do like a bulk offer sometimes and then say, okay, there's five properties. Like I want to give a value to each one so that you'd be right. comfortable if I only bought this one or only bought this one, what it would be. And then I, then I have a, a way. So, so sometimes I would make like $30,000 on one and 2000 on the other. And I didn't care because it's 32,000 right. houses, you know? Right. So um, what about your numbers? Do you care to share your numbers or, or what? Uh, no. Yeah. I don't mind at all. So we bought, um, all three properties, I think one of them was 12,000 was what we purchased it for. Uh, one was 23,000, I believe. And then the third one was actually a vacant lot. And we had a connection with the builder that was looking. And so we, we bought that one for, um, 6,000, I believe. And after all of the properties went through and all the checks came back, we ended up making 36,000 on, all, all three properties together. Whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> that was a, that was a big boost to the Vallejo household moral. Morale. Oh man. <laughs> I, my first, my first one was 9,900 bucks, 9,900 yeah. bucks. I still remember it. So, yeah. um, I, I, man, I would have preferred 36,000. So, um, yeah, it and it took good. me, and it took me another couple of months to do the next deal. So that's awesome. Congratulations. And thank you, sir. Thank um, you. for you guys that, that are listening, like, I think it's a, there's a huge opportunity that could have been missed here sitting on the edge of the bed in January saying, you know, what next? So after that, what happened? You just like dump it all back in and you've made like millions of dollars since then, or yeah, has yeah. it all been smooth sailing since then? What does that look like? I wish it was all smooth sailing. So, um, we closed on those properties, um, I think 30 days after we got the buyers under contract and two weeks later had another property come across, um, 
super hot lead, distressed seller, and got that one under contract and thought we were really doing something helping the buyer or the seller out. And that one has proved to be a little more challenging. We um, signed a notice of rights, which was again, another, another uh, idea that Jason had given us. He said, Hey, make sure you do this so that take care of yourself. And so we did, we did, which I'm very grateful. He gave me that advice because now the seller got another offer that was more than what we had and he's trying to back out. And so it's kind of, it's, it's been a bumpy road the last couple of weeks, but um, we're just, we're just staying on the hook and uh, going to try to go ahead and see it out. But this, this one has definitely not been as smooth as the first three were. So we're uh, just going to have to kind of play it by ear. Hopefully, hopefully there's no legal involved in this, but it's not looking great, but we're, we're still, we didn't do anything wrong. We're definitely, we did everything like we need to legally and by the book. And so we're just, this is another one we've been praying on a lot. I'll say that. <laughs> so if anybody's listening, Colby's talking about like a notice of interest, memorandum of contract. Um, you called it a notice of right. It's basically just right. like recording your agreement to purchase the contract. Um, so that when so it, it doesn't necessarily like cloud cloud title, but when they if if they try to sell it to somebody else, they're gonna say, hey, this person has a interest in the property, a recorded contract potentially. Um, different states, totally different rules and regulations around all this stuff. So in your local area, wherever you are, uh, you might have to have a notarized contract. You might have a non-notarized contract might be okay. Um, there's a lot of different rules and regulations. So just kind of talk to your title company. Um, when you get started or talk to somebody who's in your area, like our mastermind group has people probably in your area that do this on a regular basis. Uh, we've had some where we've had exactly like we can't get a hold of the seller. They just back out. They either got a higher offer. They, they're trying not to sell. So you got a couple options. You can basically force the sale. So you can actually go to litigation and say, hey, I want to uh, you know, force the sale. Here's my contract. They agreed to sell. Here's all the information. It's all legal. And I want to force. I want to I want to. You know, this is a contract. I want them to be able to execute the contract and sell the house. We've never done that um, ourselves. Um, however, you can put a notice of interest on it and just let it sit there. And then, you know, sometimes a year later, we'll get a call from a title company being like, hey, we've, we found this notice of interest with your company. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we had a contract to buy. The, the, the seller never, like, they just ghosted us. They never, they never uh, went through the contract. We are still, we're still a willing and ready buyer at that price. Um, we're here and sometimes we'll say, Hey, for $5,000, we'll remove the, the, and cause they're getting, you know, $50,000 more, a hundred thousand dollars more. Um, sometimes they don't care. So there's a lot of different things there. Um, you said $12,000 to sell a house and it just started, I was just cracking up. I was, remember you saying that, and there's probably people listening to this likely in California that are like, my permits cost $12,000 to just, just take out a wall of my house. So right. pretty wild, sixteen thousand twenty six and six. So and those are kind of those are even lower numbers than I had in Pensacola. We bought some right. houses for like three grand, like trailers and stuff on some land. I had a tree growing through the middle of it, but yeah, that's those are some low prices. So yeah, so the there's probably somebody in California was... like I can't even get a garage for that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty rough. So yeah. So what's next for you guys? Man, just keep keep trudging forward, keep our boots tied up tight and just keep going. We're just still hustling. I, um, I actually was messaging people all the way up until we came into this meeting, um, looking for properties and trying to get, trying to get deals, you know, and a lot of them, 
I, I've learned very quickly to not get discouraged by all the no's because there's a lot more no's than yeses. Um, and some polite no's and some really rude no's, but you know, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I got thick skin. So just move on to the next one and go on. So we're just going to keep hustling with wholesales. And then we're, uh, our goal is to try to start doing some buying holds and get some cash flow, some passive income. And that, that's, that's the big, that's the big picture goal. So nice. What, um, do you have somebody who's listening to this is like, you know what? Like Colby has something that I don't have. Colby knows something I don't know. He's got a background in sales and negotiation, marketing, and whatever. Like, true, untrue? Uh, absolutely, 100% untrue. Um, I I do have a drive. I feel like you have to have a passion for this. Um, so you can't just come in here and be like, the deals are just going to show up. Like, you definitely have to be a driven person to do this. Um, and Hey, before you keep going. Yes. Uh, a drive for real estate, for beautiful houses, for or a drive to just like succeed. Like yeah, what to, you, su- to succeed, you have to have a drive for your why. That was something that was really, really put in front of us early on. Like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? And because if I feel like if you don't have a really good um, target to shoot at, your your bullets are just going to go everywhere. And mm-hmm. so we, you know, ours was to be able to have more time with the family and more time with the kids and free up like at a regular job when you're showing up, you can always make more money, but to make more money, you have to be there longer. So it takes more time to make more money. And so my thought process there was I could always make more money, but I can't ever make more time. So I wanted to make time. And so that was our big driver behind the whole thing when we started was hustle until we start getting more time. I love that. Um, what are some things that you would recommend to some people who are out there who are like, uh, I don't know if this is for me. Like, what are some, I don't know, just big picture advice that you could give to somebody who's in a similar situation to you, wants to get started, doesn't really know where to start, where to go, uh, things like that. If, well, first of all, if they're not part of seven figure, I would definitely say to check into that and try to tap into that resource because it's, it's limitless. I mean, the people that you have access to on a text message and, or a phone call, like I goofed up a call one day and Ron Angel actually called me on his personal cell phone because I messed something up. And so, I mean, the people that are out there, um, are a hundred percent dedicated to help you succeed. Um, but I would say do that firstly, if it, if it's a fit for you and it might not be for everybody. Um, but you know, they've got access to your podcast. I would definitely say that we, I listened to a lot of your podcasts before we ever joined the group. So I was kind of familiar with you before we even went to seven figure flipping or uh, flip hacking live. I mean, and, um, just take everything that everybody says, I, I tell everybody, and I feel, still feel like we're in that sponge stage, like anything that anybody's willing to pour out on me, I want to listen to hear what they say and try to see if there's a way I can implement it into our business and what we're trying to do. Um, but we've just been videos and books and listening to the training courses and just trying to soak up everything we can. So I would just say, Find a goal, figure out what that goal looks like for you because everybody's goal is different. You might have tons of time and you just want more money, whatever. It's it's different for everybody. So I would say try to find that. And then once you get that honed in, pick a direction and see it through. Try 
it's easy to get distracted with, well, the shiny things, you know, that's what I always say. It's like, oh, something shiny. I want to go over here, but just stick with your course until you're sure that it's, it's not the right course for you and then adjust. And, um, that's what, that's what we did. And it, it really, really helped us to have other people in our corner kind of pushing us the small groups, which by the way, shout out to SGA three, Micaiah and all the, all the people in my group. Um, but the small groups and stuff, they really help push you to, okay, you set your own goals. I'm not setting them for you. So you set your own goals. And then when you come back at the end of the week, you haven't met your goals. Well, is there an actual reason or is it just because like you haven't been trying or you don't want that to be your goal and you just put something on the wall that doesn't exist? Like, why aren't you doing that? And so you can kind of refocus at that point. Like, is that something you really still want to do or do we need to change your goals Has your big picture changed or just that one thing has changed. And so that helps refocus you to keep you pointed the direction you say you wanted to go. So that was huge for us. Love it. Hey, uh, is Micaiah like really happy in your small groups every, every week? All the time. She's okay, like I'm the happiest person ever. Okay. So she, uh, she laughs all the time at us. Yeah. She works in our with department. Us. She's, yeah. I remember the first day, like her second day, it was, a, I had a live event here and she was in the audience mm-hmm. and she was like, Oh my gosh, Bill, this is so awesome. Like it's uh it was that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, so one thing I, I want to, I just want to clarify, I, I, I want to give a, a quick piece of advice because I think somebody listening to you may have taken a, p- a piece of that out of context. Um, okay. Being a sponge and just soaking up lots of stuff, like you have, you have very specific like uh, training inside one course. And so I want people that are listening just to be careful. When you listen to 50 different podcasts and you read 20 different books and you listen to five different strategies and other like quote unquote gurus and people that are out there like, no, do this, do this, do this. That's where it gets really confusing. And that's how your compass spins. So I bet that's what was going on before FHL. So for me, like what I do and my recommendation to everybody is like, find that one show, find that one book, find that one path that you want to follow. That person that's done what you want to do, that person who's achieved what you want to achieve, has the life that you're looking for, those kind of things, has a character, the values, those kind of things. And just fo- like listen. What I what I hear from Colby over the last 30 minutes or so is when he, when somebody tells him to do something inside seven figure flipping, he does it. When, is when somebody like when you get advice, he's taking it. When Ron Angel calls him on the phone, when Jason Ross comes to the event with him or comes to the house with him, he goes and he just yeah. does it. He says okay and yes. And so what I find a lot of people do is they think more information equals progress. It doesn't. Like Colby took action. He would watch something and get some information, take action. And he was also doing it under one umbrella. So he's not listening to like 50 different podcasts and taking advice. So um, that's my biggest tip to people out there. And I think see so many people like on YouTube University or going to like 20 different events or reading 50 different books. And that's why they're stuck because it's, it's just, they're drowning in information. It's too much information. Like once the sponge soaks up so much water, it can't accept any more water. Like you have to wring the thing out to accept more water. And so a lot of you are just super saturated right now to the point where you can't even get any more information in your head. And it's about to explode with all the stuff that you've learned, but haven't actually done anything with it. So my challenge to everyone out there is to go do something. Go like you've got the information. You have enough information right now to be dangerous. Go out there like like Colby did. Go out there like, oh crap! Somebody said yes. 
And like, what do I do next? Uh, let me find somebody to help me with this. They have three houses. I don't know anything about one house. And so he's like, okay, I just need the next step and the next step. I don't need to know A to Z. I just need to know A to B and then B to C and C to D. And so that's my biggest like caveat to what he said is um, I want, I don't want you to go out there and just like, just, just learn and learn and learn and learn because that's not what I'm here for either. I'm not here to just teach you nonstop. I want to see you go take action, develop, grow, start learning new things, and then come for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing so that you can start making your own decisions. Start, start thinking for yourself. Like Colby's going to be the person next who takes somebody under his wing and shows them what he knows and he learns, and he's going to reach up and reach down. And that's what we want to build. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I did okay there. Is that, is that what you yeah, were saying? No. Yeah, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you cleared that up because you're exactly right. At the beginning when we were spinning, that was because we were all over the place because everybody we talked to would tell us a different resource. Yeah. And then, so that's why we were, and then once we joined seven figure, our resources narrowed a lot and we got a lot more focused. So I'm, I'm glad you cleared, cleared that up because that was a hundred percent where we were at before we joined the group. And we were just any, anything that sounded like it maybe was relatable to real estate. We were trying to get our hands on it so we could learn more, you know? And then it was yeah. like, I don't know what we're learning anymore. It's just really a lot. So. Yeah, me too. I was the exact same way. I, I always say like, I had all the puzzle pieces. I just didn't know how to put it together. And so when I found, I found Andy and Justin, they showed me how to put the puzzle together. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is game changing because <laughs> I mean, all the information's out there. Like yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think I got some really great stuff. But and I give a lot of it away for free, but it's out there. Like our YouTube channel talks about all kinds of stuff. But we need accountability. We need events. We need motivation. We need all that stuff. You need like the course. You need the the the, the contract. Like just one. You don't need ten contracts. And you figure it. Like you don't know what you're doing. Just here's one. Just go use this one. It works. And so, um, Colby, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, any save rounds, last, last, uh, last things that you want to get out to the, your people? No, man, it was a pleasure to be here. I'm flattered to be invited. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, my only last word of encouragement to people is, is don't get in your own head. Um, you don't have to be some kind of, I, cause I thought the exact same thing. I thought, man, I could never do that. They're different than me. They, they've got something I don't. Um, it's just, find somebody that's willing to help you and listen to what they say. If they're giving you good advice for what you're trying to do and just go on and I'm no Bill Allen, but feel free to reach out to me too. I'll try, I'll try, I'll help you if I can. <laughs> so that, that's a great segue. How can people, if maybe they want to buy houses in Springfield, Missouri or in Missouri, maybe you're going to take over the whole state or surrounding States. Um, if anybody even knows where Missouri is, um, yeah. what, uh, how can they reach out to you? Uh, our property is C our company is CV eight properties and you could find, you can email us at CV eight properties at gmail.com. And our phone number is 417-501-6434. All right. And you heard it. Just reach out anytime. Get on the buyer's list. If you got, uh, if you got three properties that are junky that you want to sell for $6,000 and, 16,000 and 26, yeah, or 12 or whatever it was. Uh, if you got an extra $30,000 lying around, you can buy three houses in Missouri. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, Colby. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me. I had a good time. It's a pleasure, Bill. And uh, no, in, in all seriousness, I'm insanely uh, proud of the way that I see your son going around. And I look forward to meeting the other, you. Uh, the rest of the basketball team and a few subs that you have. Um, Thank you. There at the house, because I'm sure that they're uh, very similar in 
Uh, it's just, it's really cool to see the kids that we have in our community and the parents that are bringing them up. And honestly, that's, that's, mo that's more important to me and more exciting than the $36,000 that you made on the house. So right. keep doing that because I know that if, if the stewardship, when you get more, it starts compounding and growing and things like that, that your kids are going to continue to grow and continue to get out there and, and they're going to, oh man, they're going to grow. It's going to be incredible. So if you can multiply in your family, in your life, in your finances, then they'll be able to multiply and that will push out the bad stuff and bring in more good stuff. So absolutely. We're trying to figure out how we can come down to the farm this spring and visit you guys. We'll bring the whole mess of kids with us. Yeah, that would be awesome. We planted potatoes and onions today and I wish I was out there. They were out there working and I'm in here working, doing this. So um, I'm there every Friday and Saturday in the spring, summer and fall if I'm in town. So if anybody's listening to this, it's an open invite for you to come out to the farm, hang out with me. Um, and if you get your hands dirty and do some work, I'll give you some free real estate advice. So and life and business and everything. So Colby, thanks for hanging out with me. I'll, if, if, for those of you guys that are listening, I hope uh, see you on the next show. I got some really exciting interviews coming up uh, over the next couple shows, and we got a whole other series coming up after this. I'm thankful that you're here, and if this is the first show that you've listened to, go back and listen to a bunch more and leave me a rating and review. It means a lot. It allows other people to find the show, and uh, I would appreciate it. So uh, thanks, and oh, share it on social media, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Take a screenshot, share it, and make Colby famous because he should be. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll see you guys on the next show. Bye. Thank you.